0: Hello and welcome to the Security Ledger podcast. I'm Paul Roberts, editor in chief at the Security Ledger. In this episode of the podcast, number two hundred thirty.
1: What are the bad things that can happen here? Or as a as a black hat attacker, what are the things that I would want to get out of this? Um, can I forge these credentials? Can I can I create fake credentials that allow me to enter venues? when I don't actually have the vaccination that's needed. Can I track a person across different venues and figure out when and where they entered?
0: As the world struggles to emerge from the COVID-19 pandemic, countries face one of two distinct challenges. Many poor and developing nations still struggle to obtain vaccines to inoculate their citizens and halt the spread of the virus. However, in industrial nations in North America, Europe, and Asia, where vaccines are readily available, a secondary challenge has emerged. How to manage large and strident populations of unvaccinated residents who harbor doubts about the vaccine's effectiveness or are hostile to government and private sector vaccine mandates. In many of those countries, vaccine passports have emerged as a popular tool to help manage the spread of COVID. In much of Western Europe, as well as some U.S. states, residents have had to present proof of vaccination to receive a digital pass, often in the form of a QR code stored on a smartphone, which can then grant them access to restaurants, stores, and entertainment venues. But, like any technology, vaccine passports can themselves become a target for those who wish to siphon off sensitive information, create forged credentials, or merely sow chaos and distrust in the passport system itself. That was the case last week after security researchers discovered valid, signed vaccine passports issued in the names of Adolf Hitler and Mickey Mouse. That were circulating on the cyber underground. The forged passports immediately led to speculation that the digital keys for signing vaccine passports had been leaked, potentially undermining the security of the entire European vaccine passport system. To help us understand the vaccine passport landscape a bit better, we invited Siddharth Adukia, the regional director of the NCC Group, into the studio. Siddharth recently authored a blog post that explored the security features and associated threats of vaccine passports. He says that risks abound from dodgy mobile applications that can siphon off sensitive data to attacks on core passport infrastructure like cryptographic signing keys. To start off, I asked Siddharth to talk about NCC Group and his role at the company.
1: My name is Siddharth Padukhia. I'm a technical director at NCC Group.
0: Siddharth, thank you so much and welcome to the Security Ledger podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Siddharth, could you tell us just a little bit about uh, the work you do at NCC Group?
1: Sure. So I've been in NCC Group for a while now and in security for like over a decade. Um, A lot of what I do deals with um, uh, application security testing mobile apps web apps a little bit of crypto lots of game app uh, hacking basically advising my my clients on how to better improve their security posture and you know actually looking at their stuff
0: we're talking to you because you wrote a really interesting blog post sort of analysis of some of the challenges or security questions surrounding a very uh, controversial and heated topic at least in the United States and I think elsewhere, which is vaccine passports as this covid-19 pandemic kind of drags on uh, we've got all kinds of rules around what spaces you can enter and under what terms based on your your vaccination status. But unlike most problems in society today um, this is not one where we're really leveraging technology to its fullest extent. I don't know about you, but my vaccine card is basically a slip of paper with some pen written on it as to when I
1: had my my shots.
0: Talk about um, how you got interested in the question or maybe the problem, the challenge of uh, vaccine passports.
1: Sure. So this was something actually, I guess, a little bit personal to me. Um, like I live in New York City. I, I have a young daughter. Uh, I, I did want to get out and go to restaurants and bars and so on, but I wanted to be sure that I'm doing it like in a safe manner. Um, and New York state happens to be one of the earliest states who have actually rolled out vaccine credentials. And so I thought it was, it was really interesting. I thought it'd be a great way for me to actually verify that you know a place that I'm going to is reasonably safe, that I'm not bringing home something to my daughter um and so i just wanted to see if you know how much can i trust the system like you know if people are actually showing these credentials are they can they be forged are they actually real and if just by signing up for these systems you know how much of my personal information am i giving away and to whom because as a security person it just makes me you know, a little bit paranoid, you know, sharing personal information.
0: Could you tell us a little bit about the vaccine passport system that New York State has implemented and, like, how it works? Because many of us live, including myself, live in states where there, there is no mandate like that.
1: Sure. So, so the New York system is called Excelsior Pass. Um, it's actually based on a framework that's become extremely popular right now um, and a lot of different vaccine credential systems are using um, called the Smart Health Card um, Framework. And so essentially what this what the system does is it takes certain details of a person's vaccination status or their test status encodes it in a in a JSON payload and then signs it with a private key controlled by New York state. Now for regular users what they see is you know the familiar black and white um, QR code this is a way of, like, you know, sharing this information easily to to other people using their devices, uh, their mobile phones, where they can simply scan that code and get that information, you know, quite easily.
0: And to get one of these passports, uh, what do you need to present um, in order to get the credential?
1: Um, that was actually, like, an interesting question for me, because really what you need to do to get one of these credentials is authenticate to the New York State's website. Uh, prove to them who you are. And since they have all the records of whether you took a vaccine or not, since at least in New York State, the vaccines are administered by New York State. Um, like once they verify your identity, and currently they're, they're verifying identity by looking at, uh, by asking for um, certain details like your, your name, date of birth, where and when you took that vaccine. Um, and then if you are able to authenticate to that site, they present to you a vaccine credential. Now, of course, like different systems are authenticating uh, people in different ways. So, for instance, many systems in Canada actually use their health insurance number, which I feel is a little bit more secure than what they're doing in New York State. But, but I guess they're, they're using what they have.
0: And on the reception side, on the sort of gating side, how is that vaccine passport verified? Let's say you want to get into a bar or a concert venue. How does that? work?
1: The system, at least in New York, is split into two applications. Uh, One is the Excelsior Pass wallet and one is the Excelsior Pass scanner. So for regular users, you would use the wallet application to acquire and store one of these credentials. Though, Of course, you could also acquire the credential through a website and then have a paper printout of that QR code. For businesses or venues, they download the scanner application. Now, this application essentially uses the camera to scan a QR code, reads the information, decodes it, validates the signature on the credential that has been presented, and then essentially pops up on the scanner application, uh, whether that person has been vaccinated or tested mm-hmm. recently.
0: And you've used this. You've gone out to venues and presented this passport and been been screened and and gotten access.
1: Yeah, I have.
0: And, and basically, everybody uses it. Is that is that right, more or
1: less? Well, I think everyone is supposed to use it. I think like I've been, I've, uh, at least in New York City, you're supposed to check for credentials when you go to restaurants, etc. cetera. Um, out of the dozen or so places that I've been to, um, I've only seen two or three places actually use the scanner application to verify my credentials. The rest were just happy that I showed them something <laughs> on my phone. <laughs>
0: And then we also saw the video of the uh, restaurant where the uh, maitre d basically got into fisticuffs with people who were uh, aggravated by them asking for their passport.
1: (laughs) Right. Unfortunately, there's a lot of political dimensions to this. And um, yeah, yeah, kind of
0: goes beyond the. uh information security question to a physical security question right talk just a little bit about the i mean you mentioned there's a scanner there's the there's a credential what else is happening with these passport systems either the Excelsior system in New York or others like it uh, on the back end what what needs to happen to make these the, the, the different parts of these systems work
1: Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of different systems that are commonly in use right now, uh, the most popular one and the one that New York State uses. Um, I'll talk about that one first. Um, so the New York Health side has information about a particular individual's and their vaccine status, and they may have acquired that information from um, whatever body has administered the vaccine. Um, in the case of New York, it is the New York State um, Health Department that's doing so. Um, So they already have the information that identifies you as an individual and your Mm -hmm. status. Mm -hmm. And so once you're able to authenticate to them that you are who you say you are, they essentially forge the credential for you. And the way this credential is forged is by using a public and a private key. So they control the private key, they use that to sign a credential, and then they're able to share that with you.
0: And you're using forge there in the sense of create, um, uh, not forge in the sense of create a uh, phony copy of, right?
1: <laughs> Correct. Yes, For forge in this sense is 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 signing or baking.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, it's so funny that in English that word means actually two completely contradictory things, <laughs> right? It's both to create right. a, an original item and and create a illegitimate copy of that item, but that's a question for a totally different podcast. Your blog post on NCC group and we'll we'll link to it um, when we when we post this interview um, really kind of goes through a sort of security assessment of these vaccine passport systems. And as you point out, there are many. Could you just sort of talk about at a high level what the main sort of um concerns are, or if you're going to put on your like black hat, your hacker hat, and look at vaccine passport systems, where are the areas where you're going to gravitate and say, okay, here's how I could subvert this system or kind of worm my way through it or
1: forge somebody's ID? So so a good way to approach that is to think of what are the bad things that can happen here, or as a as a black hat attacker, what are the things that I would want to get out of this Um, And the big thing that comes to mind is um, getting someone else's PII or personal information, Um, either their vaccination status or um, any other details that the system might be collecting. Um, This is something that I can actually monetize um, as a bad person. So this is probably like the big thing I want to do. The other thing I want to do is, um, can I forge these credentials? Can I I create fake credentials uh, that, that allow me to enter venues when I don't actually have the vaccination that's needed, so that's a couple of like the big things that we want, and then there are like smaller things like um, things like surveillance. Can I track a person who uh, across different venues and figure out when and where they entered? So when you you know put put these keep these things in mind, and you walk through like what could go wrong, like starting at the very first step, right? Um, where did you get the application from? Um, if you search on the App Store or the Google Play Store right now there are tons of like credential what applications Um, i've looked at a few of them and they are very sketchy (laughs) their their premises of security are super weak they seem to be collecting an excessive amount of information and sending it off to third-party servers so just figuring out like what application you're using is pretty important i mean these are mostly private um, entities or even individual developers in some cases so the claim to like public health is is dubious at best.
0: You know, what about kind of the back end piece of this? So there's the don't download a malicious app or, you know, you're you're susceptible maybe to clicking on a malicious link if you are uh, looking for a vaccine passport and sort of get the, hey, you know, download your vaccine passport here. So there's that social engineering aspect to it, which as we've already observed with COVID, you know, COVID in general has made everybody a lot more susceptible to social engineering, because there's just so much anxiety around every aspect of the virus. What about on the sort of back end of these systems? Um, you know, what, what are the risks there uh, in terms of storage and data handling and processing?
1: So on the back end, there's like two, two big risks there, um, or a few big risks there that, that immediately come to mind. Like the big one is, can I get the details, vaccination details of anyone else that is not me? And so this ties into the authentication part how strong is the authentication when someone is trying to acquire a credential for themselves? Uh, now, this was a problem that was there in a, in a very early vaccine credential system um, that I won't name right now, but essentially they asked for details. Uh, like one of the questions that they asked was, when did you get your vaccination? And they gave you a drop-down choice of five dates. Um, and if you go through that flow again, and again, try to sign up, they'll give you another five dates. And these dates were different than each other. There was only one date that was common between those two sets of answers. And so immediately, you know the date where an individual got that vaccine, even though you don't know anything else. Um, so minor side-channel bugs like that can lead to, you know, loss of, like, information, personal information, or when that person got vaccinated. And earlier this week, uh, the docket application, which is used in New Jersey, Utah, um, and Minnesota, I believe, um, they had a pretty big bug where apparently individuals could download uh, the vaccine credentials of anyone else simply because the backend was um, just making them accessible uh, uh, to anyone who was authenticated with the application. Like you could simply iterate through user identifiers and um, download details of other people. Mm. So, those kind of bugs are super, super critical um, and really undermine trust in public health.
0: And those are that's kind of, you know, web application security 101 stuff right there with the being able to enumerate user IDs. How does a mistake like that get into a widely deployed, you know, production application that's fairly high visibility? You know, vaccine passport, that's one that's gonna have a lot of visibility.
1: Yeah, that 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 is that that was a pretty big surprise when I when I found out about it. Um, and I think it might be due to just a rushed development schedule, insufficient security testing or threat modeling of the system, um, a very, very unfortunate bug that really shouldn't have existed um, in a public health system.
0: You mentioned that in the United States, one of the issues right now is that there are there is no standardization of vaccine passports. So even though New York State has one, even within New York State, different entities might be requiring their own vaccine passport. And certainly, if you were to move around the country, you would need multiple vaccine passports to you know, access venues and so on. From a security standpoint, um, does that increase the risk?
1: It kind of does, in a way, because you're now dependent on multiple systems rather than just one that you really trust. There have been some changes uh, and developments um, since I originally wrote the post um, and put all my thoughts in. Um, Essentially, there's been a broader adoption of the whole smart card um, health framework. Um, And and what we've now seen is, I think, the beginnings of a new web of trust, um, similar to what you had, uh, do what we do have right now for um, TLS certificates for web browsers. Uh, There is now a way to standardize these keys that all of these different health issuers are using to issue um, smart health cards. Um, And so you can um in well theoretically at least because I know that some people have deployed it a little bit more than others theoretically acquire a credential from say California and then use it against the new York scanner app um and still be able to verify that you have um a vaccine
0: obviously in in many places you know the your vaccine proof of vaccination is is basically a paper card with um some some dates written on it from when you got your shots. Uh, is this one of those situations where maybe that's the best approach or is that uh, one that is not going to uh, do the do the job in your mind? Does it, should this properly be a digital identity solution?
1: I do trust the digital identity solution more than the paper copies. I believe the paper copy ones can be uh, more easily faked. Um, and in a lot of instances, this just results in someone taking a photograph of their paper ID and showing it on their phone, um, which is you know, way less secure than someone showing a signed object signed by um, an authority that you might trust more.
0: Are there countries that have done this right? I think we can all probably agree that the United States has not shown, uh, the federal government anyway, leadership on the vaccine ID, vaccine passport front for obvious reasons, I guess. But are there countries that have really shown that this is something that you can do and scale and and have work?
1: Well, there's a couple of answers to that. Like I would say, while many states might not have done it well, um, I do like the one that New York State has done. Um, I feel like they've done a, a very decent attempt at it. Um, I would have said, in uh, you know, uh, last week maybe, that the EU has um, has a good system rolled out, um, but but just a few days ago, uh, there seems to be a leak of their private key that they used to sign these credentials, um, and that basically means everyone needs a new credential. So I feel like it's too early to tell if someone's actually done a good job of it yet.
0: Um, you know, we all carry these smartphones with us that are highly capable devices. Are there, in, in the systems that you've seen, vaccine passport systems, you know, we're talking about mobile apps and QR codes and, you know, verification against, you know, a back-end database, but are there technologies that we could be leveraging on these devices that might improve the security or utility of these um, vaccine passports that is not being leveraged?
1: So I hesitate to point to extremely new technologies, um, even if they might have great security properties, uh, just because that puts it out of reach of most of the masses. I feel like you know a lot of the technologies that are being currently used uh, have been things that are around for a while and they are un- accessible on a wide range of devices. And I feel like that is a, a better way to go than relying on you know, the newest security module that the only latest mobile phones have, for instance.
0: This does kind of get at the larger issue of, you know, digital identity documents. I mean, most of us, you included, probably carry a laminated uh, license and driver's license in your wallet. Uh, You know, our social security cards here in the United States are still basically the same technology that uh, was first rolled out in the 1930s. Little paper slip with a number printed on it. Um, No security features, as far as I can tell. Is there a case to be made? forgetting about COVID and vaccine IDs, just for a, a more multifaceted digital identity document that could be used to provision services and, and so on.
1: I, I do believe that is the role that we are slowly um, stepping towards uh, because the digital identities are simply way more convenient than handling paper copies and enable a lot more features um, than you could with like simple paper copies. As smartphones become more and more um, uh, available and accessible to folks, um, I do believe that you know, uh, and even the smart card uh, framework itself um, has been designed uh, with with it in mind that they would like to include more health information in it in the future. So it has been designed with that with that goal in mind. So I do believe that you know we are leveraging those technologies already and slowly stepping towards it. Yeah.
0: Um... One of the questions you raised in your blog post, which I think is a great one, is this question of increased surveillance that in our effort to control the spread of COVID, potentially with these vaccine passports, we're introducing surveillance in a bunch of different contexts that it doesn't currently exist, right? So you you talk about, well, getting into a bar, but, you know, you already have to show your ID to get into a bar to, to prove that you're old enough to drink. So so maybe nothing much has changed there. but you know, you don't have to show it to get into a supermarket or a mall, um, whereas you might with these vaccine passports, or you do basically. Um, And that potentially that could be abused either to track people's movements or to, you know, harvest information about their behaviors that, you know, companies could use or potentially even the government could use. What is the fix for that? And does it have to do with regulating what you know, companies or, or organizations can do with the data they collect or how long they can hold on to it? Or like, is there is this a, a technology question or really a, a legal and policy question?
1: I feel like it's less of a technology question and more of a legal and policy question. Now, there are things that these systems can do to minimize the amount of information they're collecting and sharing. Like data minimization is a term that gets thrown about often, which is, uh, essentially, collecting and using the least amount of personal information you can to get the job done. So don't collect or share anything more than you really need to. So at least that limits the attack service. Uh, but there's really nothing stopping, you know, um, organizations um, like a convenience store using their own application and not the official application to scan your vaccine credential as you enter the place um, you would have no way of verifying or validating that they're using the official state mandate application, and in doing so, they might be keeping a record of, you know, the details of anyone who is entering that space. And since it's, you know, a quasi-government-issued uh, um, identification, you know, the real name, birth date, etc., of everyone visiting a supermarket, for instance. So I think like the answer is, you know, more heading towards GDPR or CCPA where there are legal mandates or limits as to how much information you can collect or retain and how you can use it.
0: Really interesting. Um, you know, f- final question. Um, uh, you know, what um, we we've, we see so often that the, you know, public sector often struggles with um projects like these I think back to the healthcare gov you know debacle however many years ago it was you know 10 years ago um your thoughts on on um, why it's so hard to um, to get these things right is this something that has to do with the way that public sector organizations do application development or have some of the challenges with these health, Uh, with these vaccination passports just reflect, you know, the the challenges of deploying any secure application, not necessarily one that's, you know, for a public health purpose?
1: Um, I feel like it's a combination of a few factors. Uh, Like, generally, a lot of these systems are pushed out um, fairly quickly because they're trying to meet some kind of arbitrary deadline, say, before an election happens or before some other public event happens. Um, And they really need to just push code out and have something up. Um, And so you might, you know, skip a few steps in the software development dance um, while pushing these out and not do sufficient or or adequate testing. Um, And I feel like that's the reason why a lot of these systems fail the way that they do. Um, I don't believe that there is necessarily a skills gap into getting it done or a technology skills gap. It's more of a, you know, you can't just push development down to a week or two when it should actually be taking two months of, um, with a little bit more resources.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And vi- visibility and, and message are obviously pre, you know, uh, preeminent in, in uh, public policy sector, you know, circles and government circles, right? They They want to they want to get the win and, and check it off the list. Um, final question, if you were health czar and uh, had the ability to design a uh, national vaccine passport uh, system uh, here in the US, uh, how would you do it, Siddharth?
1: Huh. I feel like we there's there some good steps done to it. Like certainly, you know, development of a, of a standardized framework um that can be used across different state boundaries and across federal or perhaps even internationally is the way to go i think like clear accurate guidance on how to set up these systems how they're expected to be designed or even coming up with standardized libraries that everyone can uh, reuse across different applications that would be the way to go in order to you know kind of have something that is universal that is easy to use and that takes away a lot of these security heavy lifting away from um, a majority of the developers.
0: Siddharth Adukia from NCC Group, thank you so much for coming on and speaking to us on the Security Ledger podcast.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Siddharth Adukia is a regional director at NCC Group. He was here to talk to us about the security of vaccine passports.